I'm Andy Viano, a staff writer at the Flathead Beacon. Today is Monday, April 13th, and this is the Beacon's daily update on the coronavirus and its impact on the Flathead Valley. On today's show, you'll hear excerpts from an interview my colleague Maggie Dresser did with Hillary Shaw, the executive director of the Abbey Shelter here in Kalispell. They talked about the resources that are available to survivors of domestic violence and what advice the shelter has to those who are stuck at home with an abuser during the coronavirus outbreak. Before then, a reminder that this podcast and all of the Flathead Beacon's award-winning content in print and online is made possible by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Membership starts at just $5 per month and includes access to exclusive content and other perks. To find out more and to join the club, visit beaconeditorsclub.com. Last week, we told you about a drastic dip in calls to Montana's child abuse hotline since the stay-at-home order was put in place. A decrease chalked up in part to the fact that kids were no longer in school and teachers, who are mandatory reporters of abuse, were unable to see the signs or hear about violence inside the home. The Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services was concerned about both the decrease in calls and the possibility that abuse was increasing as people were forced to stay home with their abusers. And for women currently in abusive relationships, the risk of staying inside the home is just as high. But without schools and teachers to report that violence, it's up to groups like the Abbey Shelter to provide resources and in some cases housing to women currently experiencing domestic abuse. Hillary Shaw has run the Kalispell Shelter for the last nine years, and she spoke to Maggie Dresser for a story in this week's Beacon that is now available online. I'll link to it in the show notes. And we'll pick up the conversation between the two of them with a reminder from Hillary that whatever kind of abuse someone may be experiencing right now, there are still organizations here to help, even during a pandemic. That's further evidence that makes it so important that people know that these helplines are still available, crisis services are still available, uh, advocacy and support is still available. And if you are unable to call, then, you know, we're still here. I guess if you're unable to call, we understand. And if you are able to call, don't hesitate because everyone is still here for you. The reason someone may be unable to call a helpline right now is fairly evident. With abuse survivors and their abusers forced to spend so much time together. And sadly, the reason abuse may be increasing is the same. And that is a very dangerous combination. So if you are in an abusive relationship, and you are stuck at home with your abuser sheltering in place, that obviously creates increased danger levels. However, our 24-hour helpline is currently not seeing an increase in calls, and this is to be expected. This is actually very typical because it's it's really hard to reach out for help when you're stuck in your house with your abuser. Um, So there's two things that I want to say about that. One is this is actually a trend for any period of crisis or natural disaster. It's typical for helpline calls to decrease during that time. And then as soon as things start, start to pivot back towards normalcy, that's when the surge happens. Um, So first of all, we've hired an extra staff person with Whitefish Community Foundation granted funds so that we are ready for that surge when it occurs. And then another thing that we have done to alter the way we are 
outreaching to the community is um, typically when people need services, we we ask people only to call the 24-hour helpline, but we've opened up our Facebook page and a contact form directly on our website so that if people are not able to call, that they can use okay. internet to reach out for help. Yeah. Um, then they use those two platforms. They can use our website or they can use our Facebook page. And the response time will not be as immediate as the helpline. Um, but for some people, that may be safer. Later, Shaw talked about why abuse may increase at a time like this, and more importantly, why high-stress times don't mean abusers should get a free pass during difficult circumstances. So actually, Maggie, one important thing that we have not said is this. The reason why domestic violence sees an increase during times of economic downturn is not because abusers are more stressed out and that makes them more abusive. It's because they are at home more. Stress is not a cause of domestic violence behavior because we're all stressed. (laughs) And most people are not abusive towards their partner during times of stress. For homes where domestic violence is already a dynamic, there will be some, it is typical to see some escalation because of the stress that is happening in the family, but that's because it's already a pattern for the abuser to use uh, what else is going on in their life as an excuse to be abusive. So I hear a lot of people say, oh yeah, there must really be an increase in domestic violence. Everybody's so stressed out and that's that's not how it works. That's an excuse. Or another way to look at is that may be co-occurring, but it is not causal. Being stressed out doesn't cause a person to be abusive. And being stuck at home isn't the only challenge facing a survivor of domestic violence. With so many other institutions upended by COVID-19, a number of different issues can pop up for those in abusive relationships. Survivors of domestic violence are not just impacted by COVID-19 in the area of their homes and being trapped in their homes with their users. It also impacts their parenting plan processes, their child and family service cases. It will impact their orders of protection. You know, if you get an order of protection and your abuser is ordered to leave the house because of an order of protection, that becomes a lot harder with COVID-19. Where are they going to go to shelter in place, right? That's a barrier that we are here to support people through. So that's a key concept is that doesn't mean people shouldn't consider an order of protection. It means that's another area for safety planning that they can do with our advocates. Finally, Shaw mentioned earlier that the Abbey Shelter was gearing up for a potential surge in contacts once the stay-at-home order is lifted, and that part of that preparation meant hiring an additional staffer using grant funds. That's not all the Abbey Shelter will need, but Shaw says she's been pleased in the last few weeks with how much support the shelter has been receiving, even as many in the community are experiencing their own financial hardship. We are witnessing an extremely heartwarming outpouring of support from the community. We are seeing our local community foundations really step up to organize the financial support from the community. And I am seeing an unexpected level of awareness from the community of, and unexpected isn't the right word, um, joyfully surprising (laughs) is better. 
really surprising level of awareness from the community about how shelter in place will impact victims of domestic violence. Yeah. So the coverage it has received um, has felt really validating for those of us who work at the Abbey Shelter and first survivors as well, I'm sure. The Abbey Shelter's services are available 24 hours a day and in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic are available over the phone or online. The shelter's hotline is 406-752-7273. Again, that's 406-752-7273. And the shelter can also be reached on its Facebook page or at abbeyshelter.org. That's A-B-B-I-E shelter.org. Now here's the latest on COVID-19 in Montana as of 5 p.m. on Monday, April 13th. Flathead County reported its first death from the coronavirus on Monday morning. The city county health department released the information, noting that the person, a Flathead County resident, was over the age of 65 with underlying health conditions. Flathead Health Officer Hillary Hansen said in a statement, quote, We want to remind our community about the importance of staying home. We must work together to protect our most vulnerable neighbors. The death is the seventh in Montana from COVID-19. There are now 394 cases of coronavirus in Montana as of Monday morning. The latest numbers released by the state show growth in the number of reported cases has dropped for four straight days, down to just seven new reports on Monday. Two of those cases, however, were in Flathead County, which now has 36 of the state's total. Rural Toole County continues to be hit hard by the virus and now has 26 confirmed positives. 21 people around the state are currently hospitalized because of COVID-19. Elsewhere, another at-risk community in the Flathead Valley is overwhelming the current support system. The Samaritan House in Kalispell is looking to open a temporary homeless shelter to deal with an increased demand triggered by widespread job loss. If approved by Kalispell City Council, the temporary shelter would open on April 20th. Samaritan House is Northwest Montana's largest homeless shelter, and it has already reached maximum capacity. The temporary shelter would open at its administrative office, which is on the corner of South Meridian Road and 2nd Street West. Finally, Kalispell Regional Healthcare announced late Monday afternoon that it is furloughing around 600 employees in the wake of sharply declining revenue during the coronavirus outbreak. Other hospital employees, including executives, will receive immediate pay cuts. KRH officials said revenue losses are expected to exceed $16 million per month. In a statement, KRH CEO Craig Lambrecht said that a loss of patient volumes, cancellation of elective surgeries, and the closure of entire service lines have presented a significant challenge. Lambrecht did add that he is confident staffing levels can be ramped back up in the future. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can read all the latest news on coronavirus and everything else in the Flathead Valley on our website, flatheadbeacon.com. That's all for now. Thanks for listening.